being a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot I ain't really got a lot of thoughts I just pack them in a box So I popped up on this pod Now I'm outside of the box When I pop up on the clock Last thing I think is talk See, I'm winning it now Loving it three and a thou They peeping my style Keeping it now Steadily growing my Dow Jones, oh no These kids be thinking they crowd Oh no, no Immediately throwing the towel See, when it's different, it's different Go position by position Ain't no issue commission As a commission, I just listen They envision my vision And my division of Stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 28 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella, at Dynasty FF Addict, along with my co-host, as always, or at least sometimes when he decides to show up, Dustin Church, at Dynasty Junkie FF. Dustin, how you doing this week? You know, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I had a good week last week in, in fantasy. Um, won most of my leagues that I was competing in. We got a couple, um, like, seven and one teams um, out there with, uh, the double headers and things like that. And, you know, one of my teams I'm really excited about is an empire league. I'm a uh, eight and one number one in points. And I have Dak Eckler Chubb and Michael Thomas that haven't really done much for me. So, you know, I'm not going to get Dak back this year, but you know, with uh, coming to the playoffs with Eckler Chubb and Michael Thomas coming back, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty strong about it. So uh, it was a great week for me all around. I'm, I'm pumped to be here. Awesome guest that we, um, we kind of talked to last week. So I'm really excited. How are you doing Rocky? I'm doing good, too. Fantasy teams are doing good. I'm also very happy to see Rojo's getting back to doing Rojo things this week with his 13 for 34 and one catch. Uh, basically, just as I said, Fournette, Fournette back, much more efficient, taking some of the work. Rojo did get a touchdown to bail out his fantasy week, but but this is this is Rojo. We can forget those last three games now. Uh, but, but I also have a, a little mini... Not maybe not a rant, but kind of channeling my my inner Brian Har. I've I've been listen I listen to a ton of podcasts, and something's been bugging me is that, and we've sort of talked about this too. I know you're not real, uh, you're a little worried about Saquon going forward, but everybody keeps using this point that he had 1.8 yards per carry before he went down. That was one game. In the second game, he got hurt. He was four for twenty-eight, so that's seven yards per carry. I mean, the the ridiculousness of of one the one point eight yards per carry, and he also had six catches in that first game too, and a decent fantasy game. I just think it's ridiculous, and it's been annoying. I've heard it like five different times on podcasts in the last few weeks. Uh, I mean, I see a little reason to be worried about Saquon going forward. Uh, I'm sure Har will appreciate me saying all this, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I just think it's ridiculous to point to that when he, he had 15 carries and against a really good defense in Pittsburgh when the offensive line was atrocious, and that this means we should be worried about him going forward. But anyway, our our guest can maybe speak to that because I know he's a Giants fan. Uh, Jay Felicio, did I get that right? Yep, Felicio, you got that right. Okay, that's pretty good. Jay, tough, Jay, so I've heard yeah. it quicker many <laughs> times before, so that's not too bad. Yeah, going for two among other things. Uh, Jay, how you doing tonight? Doing good. Uh, I had a little bit of a heartbreak this week, unfortunately. My home league that's been decimated by injury. I had Barkley, 
Also Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, AJ Brown, George Kittle. <laughs> so I won it last year and then I've been decimated. And because of the buys getting moved around because of COVID, I didn't have Lamar Jackson this week and had to start one Mr. Nick Foles. And I lost by 2.5 points because Ouch. he couldn't hit a wide open Mooney. Yeah, I, uh, I was very <laughs> upset. I couldn't fall asleep uh, on Monday night, so I was pretty upset about that. But overall, yeah. doing pretty good. Um, excited to be here. Uh, thanks for inviting me on and ready to roll. Cool. Yeah, and I th I think all of us who are in multiple leagues, which is probably most people listening, have a team like that. Maybe not quite as bad as I mean that was ridiculous that li list of injured players you ran. Yeah, but I know I have I at least one or two teams like it, man. And my yeah. guys, we we do it's a live auction draft, so we, uh, we all all of us get together. We actually we have an auctioneer. Uh, so this year, since I won, we have a championship belt that we get engraved uh, with the, the champion's name. I decided to dress up as Ric Flair at, right before the draft. <laughs> I came out um, with the whole player get up, and I even had a nice um, uh, speedo on too, uh, a nice silver speedo. So they said it's the curse of the silver speedo is why that this is happening to me because I did that at the draft. But you know what? If you can't live it up when you're the champion, you know why are you even doing this? So, so, so you want to give us a little Ric Flair woo to start off the show? No. Woo! Yeah, I <laughs> worked on that. <laughs> you know, he's from North Carolina. I live in North Carolina, so it's it's uh, it's only natural. I had to go there. So <laughs> okay, so we'll we'll get in now to our fantasy face off. Fantasy face off. This week, uh, we actually had a different idea first, but we switched gears, and I'm kind of glad we did because this one's a lot more interesting. Uh, it's Josh Jacobs versus Miles Sanders. Josh Jacobs is a guy I've been wanting to, to talk about a little bit, um, especially after Dustin busted my chops week one after that big game. So I'll get into my take in a little bit, but these are two guys that everybody, kind of the top two running backs coming out of last year's draft. Uh, some people had Montgomery in there, but they were clearly wrong. And uh, it still was kind of a, a sort of a debate topic, uh, even going into the season. So, Jay, which of these two guys uh, do you prefer, Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders? This is really tough because I like both of these guys, and I feel like they're criminally underrated. You know, everybody was uh, talking about both of them at the back end of the first round or the, the early second, and I think they're two of the, the most productive guys. Um, I'm going to have to go Miles Sanders, though. Um, he's all year at all offseason was running back by committee. You know, Peterson, that's all he does. Well, when you have guys like Ryan Matthews and Jay Jai you're going to have a running back by committee. Uh, Sanders is a true bell cow. Um, he's leading the league in yards per carry for players that have at least 30 carries at 6.1 yards. Um, he's only had less than 80 rushing yards one game this season, and the schedule opens up nicely. I do think – I don't think he's going to play this week. I think they'll be smart and sit him until after the bye. Um, but after the, after the bye, it's the Giants, Cleveland, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans – and then two great matchups in the semifinals and the finals is Arizona and Dallas. Um, so I I think the sky's the limit. He's doing this with Rocky, you know, as an Eagles fan, with a hodgepodge offensive line of what's left. Yep. And oh, God, yeah. Just, it's just been decimated by injury like my fantasy team. So he's doing, he's doing all this. And, you know, his numbers could be even better if Carson Wentz could have hit him on that open wheel route. That would have – I watched the game. It broke my heart. But – <laughs> you know, I just I I like Josh Jacobs. This isn't 
uh, me saying that he's not good, but between the two, I lean Miles Sanders. I am right there with you. Uh, it definitely is close. And in the Twitter poll that we do every week bore that out. It was actually came out 51-49 in favor of Jacob, 784 votes there. Uh, it's just Josh Jacobs, uh, I, Dustin and me disagreed on him in the preseason. I kind of feel like I was somewhat right uh, from what I said, which is basically – he wasn't a, a high-end RB1 to me, and it looked great after the first week when he scored three touchdowns. Uh, I told, I, th I think we said when we talked about him just before the season started, I had him as a high-end RB2, that kind of that area, and that's actually where he is right now. Um, if you look, almost every game, I, it's like the exact opposite of what you're saying about Sanders with the yards per carry. It's, uh, it's every week he's under four yards per carry, which isn't the end-all, be-all, but he's not been really efficient in the running game. He has been getting more passing work for him, um, but it's still not a ton. I mean, you're looking at um, looking at it's like three for 12, three for 25, two for eight. Three. So he's not a real weapon in the passing game, which Miles Sanders is. And, and Miles Sanders just gets different kinds of targets. And like you mentioned, like the wheel route down the field, things like that. Uh, he gets targeted in the end zone occasionally on passes. Uh, he also has more targets this year, despite playing only four games to Jacobs six. So, He's definitely more of a weapon in the passing game. Uh, he's been more efficient with his touches. The, Jacobs is basically surviving on volume. Uh, he's had multiple – other than the two games where he's had five TDs, he's he's not been that great uh, for you on your fantasy teams. So uh, if he happens to get a couple TDs, that's great. But I'll go with the steady, efficient production of Miles Sanders – and uh, I think we're going to see a ton of volume once he's healthy. So I see Dustin smiling there. Dustin, what do you got to say? So for me, it's it's still Jacobs. Um, so you talk about Miles Sanders being more involved in the passing game. So um, through I'm taking out that uh, Jacobs has played more games. He's averaging three three uh, catches a game versus the two for for Sanders. So he's he is getting more work in the passing game. Um, so with with Jacobs, he's averaging 23 touches a game versus the 16 a game for, for Sanders. And I, I like the Raiders offense better. So I think there's going to be more opportunities for him. Um, I think that Jacobs has no real competition in that backfield. And I'm not saying Sanders does, but Boston Scott isn't a slouch in, in the game um, there as well. And I just like the, the offense of the Raiders better. And I like his involvement in the game. You know, I want a guy getting 22, 23 touches a game that, that Jacobs is versus 16. Yeah, that's not a big difference, but, you know, you want um, guys that are going to be on the field and are going to be getting those opportunities, which is what Jacobs does. These two, it's really splitting hairs for me, so I have to, like, find these little nuances on, on really which one. Um, Jacobs is a year younger than Sanders as well. Like, 22 and 23, I'm not really, like, like dynasty-wise, it doesn't really change it for me. But I do want the guy in the better offense with the better line outside of this last week when – and, you know, they had COVID and, and there was those issues, but I just think that he's in a better opportunity long-term and he hasn't really had as much of the injury concerns that Sanders has had. So that's why I want Jacobs. He's getting more touches, better offense, and a little bit less of an injury concern for me. I get the injury concern issue. I, I will say in regards to his touches, I mean, he was doing pretty good in touches until, you know, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, they were trailing a lot of both of those games. He only got 11 carries and two catches in the Pittsburgh game and nine carries and one. In but the, the, but uh, the Eagles are going to be carried, uh, all, the Eagles are going to be behind in, be behind in a lot of games. So like, 
there is more opportunity for him to get game scripted out of the game that I don't think we have that same worry with, with Jacobs. There will be some game. I mean, they also have four games left against the rest of the NFC East too. So he's not necessarily going to be trailing in those games. Jacobs does have one of the toughest schedules for running back fantasy wise for the rest of the season. That concerns me. Uh, And even if, sorry, Jay. And even even if they're trailing, there's more of a, I mean, I know he hasn't busted out with some huge passing game or anything yet, but as I said, he's got more targets in four games than Jacob has in six. And he, he is capable of going down the field. So I think when he's fully healthy, he can still be uh, involved, even in games that they're trailing. Um, I, I get the volume argument, but that's basically, to me, all the, that Jacob has going for. I just think Sanders is the more talented guy, and I think there's going to be plenty of games where he's getting enough volume to – and like I said, he does more with what he's getting than Jacobs is actually doing. So uh, like Jay said, I mean, you look. I'm looking at his games, it's like, he got 11 carries against Pittsburgh, got 80 yards out of it. He got nine carries against Baltimore, 118 yards. And uh, in the Pittsburgh game, he had two touchdowns. So, um, so I mean, Jacobs is still, even if we're looking at points per game, Jacobs is still the number nine running back versus the number 15 for Miles Sanders. So, you know, if you're taking out the, the games that Sanders has missed, you know, Jacobs is still, you know, a, a top 10 back in a points per game, even with the performance that he's had so far. Um, with the with some of those tough matchups that he's had, so I just I just think he's you know getting those the the work and he's going to have just more opportunities. Um, for me, like they're really close. Like I would be happy with both of them, but I just I want the guy that you know is is going to get the consistent work um, all the time, and he's now adding the passing threat that everyone was looking for last year. So I I think Jacobs is going to be you know complete back on a better offense. Where were you seeing the points per game is what I was wondering. Because I actually looked at points per game, too, for this. And I think I was like less than a half a point apart. Is that not what you're saying? Oh, this is a points per carry league. (laughs) (laughs) That would make a big difference for Jacob. I was just looking at vanilla PPR and uh, I'm trying to find it now. It was something like 12 point. uh, I have it now. It's 12 point. Uh, I can't find it now, but it was, it was, it was a lot closer. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a uh, 16.1 for Sanders and 16.267 for Jacobs. And you take out points per carry. That's just a regular PPR yardage league. So uh, they're definitely very close in points per game. And if, if Sanders gets a little more of an uptick in volume, uh, which I think he will, like I said, he got kind of, uh, a little, like you said, game scripted out of the Baltimore and Pittsburgh games, but they don't have a ton of Baltimore's, but they do have the Packers and Seahawks, but not many other super formidable foes the rest of the year. We spent a lot of time there on talking why you're wrong, so we'll move on to our Commissioner Corner. Commissioner Corner. We are doing a Commissioner Corner this week because I thought we could talk about, um, we've mentioned before preseason, uh, before we got into the season, different types of leagues. And this is something I just wanted to bring up because of who we have on the show. Uh, this is actually a, a league format that I came up with. Uh, it's it's definitely very commission-tensive, but it's a f- fantasy football survivor league, uh, which basically is just melt, exactly what it sounds like. It's melting fantasy football on the TV show Survivor. Uh, there's two different divisions slash tribes. Uh, people are voted out every week. The, the divisions face off against each other. Uh, there's 
There's ways you can get hidden immunity idols from reaching certain performance points. And uh, I also threw some different twists and turns and uh, secret advantages to players for different things in the game. So it's been a lot of fun. I, I'm not sure I had the two best guys on to talk about it because I believe they were the first two voted out. Um, but I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it. I, I thought it, it was a very fun idea. And, and even you two, I think, uh, seemed to enjoy it for what time you had there. I was number three. I wasn't two. I was oh, three. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I at least made it three. And I got a target on my back because I was trying to uh, align with Dustin. And, yeah, that we both got double-crossed. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And I'm, I know some of these guys that are in there um, are big-time fans of the show. I watched it years ago. I haven't watched it in a long time. Um, but just getting into this league and all the twists and turns in the short time I was, I was active in it has made – piqued my interest in going back and watching the show again. Um, it's definitely a lot of fun, and I think if you, if you run it again, I'm definitely interested. Um, I can't imagine the work that you're putting in because I, I commission a couple leagues, um, just standard leagues, so I know how much work that is. And then all the, the fun stuff that you're putting in here, it's just <laughs> I know it's it's taking a lot of your time up, so it's uh, it's definitely interesting to say the least. Yeah, I said on your show last week, it's uh, I commissioned six other leagues, and it's by far the most commission work I have to do every every single week. You have to, Absolutely. you know, do votes, and I try to come up with different twists and turns. Um, if anyone uh, listening is interested in something like this, it's got obviously by definition got to be a redraft kind of thing. Um, so I do plan, like Jay said, to do it again next year. Hopefully, if I can get you need sixteen people at least to do it. So. Uh, if anyone is interested about something like that, you can definitely hit me up um, and I can give you an, a more in-depth explanation of some of the stuff I did. I, I don't want to bore people with all the ins and outs of the rules. But, Dustin, what did you think in your in your short time in the game? <laughs> See, I, first <laughs> so I yeah, I, I mean, I, I went out first week and then kind of blew things up and that was fun um but no in all reality i didn't really get that you blew it up and then people uh we're not very happy about that it was <laughs> yeah, it's so very it's much like the show too people get pissed off and oh, yeah. it starts problems and they start blast putting other people on blast it's it's very interesting to watch this i as by the way doing if you ever do decide to do something like this if you hit me up and want to try and actually run your own uh you definitely cannot play. You you need to just be a commissioner, and because there's way too much that goes into it that you. I'm sure you have just fun yeah. watching. I am, I am, but I, I want to let Dustin continue. Sorry. Yeah. So I, I, I heard that there was some people that found out that we we were podcast uh, hosts together, so that obviously put a target on my back. Yeah, that worked. And then I knew two, and I know two people on the other side, so that obviously like, you know, went against me. So it, it didn't really stand much of a chance even if my team performed in week one. But then when I lost Sutton and Sanders in week one, I was kind of just done for anyways, um, especially in the 16 team league. So I didn't, I didn't, I was really excited and intrigued by the idea, but I didn't really get to like really like stra uh, strategize about it because like I was out in week one. So like in week one, when I started talking to everybody about alliances and stuff like that, no, it's not, nobody had really had these conversations yet. So that's all I really got to do is try to get votes. And then they all double crossed me anyways. So it didn't really matter. I, you. I, I yeah. was, I was true to my word. Jay was yep. the only one. So I believe I, Jay was I, the I only had, one that voted with yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, I will say Rocky, Rocky was a, a man of his word. Like, even though we, we pod together, he did not give me any insight to anything. He, I, 
he didn't give me any which way people were voting what is immunity idols were going to be like he didn't give me any of that so like rocky rocky is a good commission out there um i you know what's so funny too is that uh, so far of everybody like they i don't know if this is intentional or not if they research but almost everyone that i'm friendly with has been voted like you were voted out jay who i who i've even before i was on his pod and he's on our pod we, we were in a retweet group together so i knew a little bit uh eb who's a friend of yours ben eb uh you know i know a little bit he was voted out early uh jay from trade addicts three was voted out early uh drew who's in the fantasy timeline chat and i'm and you know we're kind of friendly with he was voted out this past week so it's 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 kind of funny like everybody that i kind of would have been rooting for a little bit is voted so you can't accuse me of any uh, lack of integrity in terms of helping my friends out in the game yeah it was these guys are really like they're into it too like i know like i've heard um from people that are still in the chats like they went time stamped when i was on pods with ben or with mr eb and they like found timestamps and like clips of it clips of all the podcasts we we're on together and stuff like that so like these guys are like going pretty intense about it i i was really not sure how i was going to approach it being voted out week one and me trading all of my players to one team <laughs> um probably put a target on on mr eb's back and it, it did he's he's out now um but you know that's part of the fun of it like this league's all about collusion so it's really yeah. just an interesting dynamic to really think about like i never think about collusion because obviously like you're never going to collude but in this type of league like that is like completely okay to do and it's like, not only though, okay it's almost encouraged yeah and even though I, I was out in week one like i still get all the alerts like there's nothing greater than sunday morning at 9 45 seeing trade 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 because like That's they're all trying I, to make their teams better so i was that just they gonna say yeah. most of this didn't happen until after you both i think were out but uh, eventually the tribe started getting together and deciding okay we're going to trade certain players to certain teams um, to try and like win these certain matchups and load up teams and and there's a rule in there where you can steal bench players if you uh, if if you've lost if your tribe loses the other team can steal your bench players so teams would throw bench players onto all one team to try and like guys they weren't going to start they were hurt or on by so yeah it's been really interesting like you said it's totally it's like that's basically is collusion but then they would they actually I was surprised they actually have all been true to their words and traded traded guys back after I mean I guess that would put a target on your back maybe if you didn't but I, I was wondering if anybody was going to do one of those kind of trades to load up a team and then just be like nah I'll keep these guys but that that hasn't happened so far we just actually did the merge this week though yeah I'm excited to be in the merge chat now with you know, I haven't said anything yet. And I'm trying not to because I know you told us not to. Yeah, about calling people out. But um, if you're gonna call yeah. people out, at least do it privately. I can't stop you guys from doing that. But nah. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to just see what kind of happens in the. I think there was a couple hundred messages that I missed today, so I, I didn't. Yeah, I call them really quick. They, they yeah. instantly. And that, yeah. that's yeah. another interesting thing to do in this virtually is that like guys that get voted out there was this one guy not this pit this week but last week that was blasting a whole bunch of i think that's where the timestamp stuff with the the screenshot probably came to you dustin is there's one guy who got voted out got double crossed himself and he was dming everybody about like chat screenshots and then this happened and this guy's pulling the strings and all that kind of stuff which is something that can happen on the show because people can't communicate with each other 
Um, but it adds another layer almost uh, virtually. If you blind somebody, blindside somebody, they have a way to private chat everybody in there. So it wasn't uh, didn't like one guy start photoshopping like words like in and stuff like that to make it yeah. look like somebody said something. To that was like, Eb, like yeah, Mr. Habitat. Mr. Ben Eb, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's crazy. Like that, yeah. that's that's he a created whole conversations world. with yes, yeah, photoshopped with Eb, making it look like Eb was saying shit and and that he wasn't saying <laughs> yeah it's nuts I, yeah. again it's something you couldn't do on the show but no. <laughs> okay so that was a good discussion like i said if anybody's interested in it i mean it's too late to do something like that this year but uh, i do plan to run it uh probably start a little earlier next summer maybe if i can get enough interest do two of them i don't know if i could handle more than two because like i said very commission intensive but if everybody's interested, um, I will be doing it next summer. And uh, if you're interested in running something like that yourself, you can always ask me for how I did it. I'll be in next year, but I got I got some ideas and some things that I'm going to do. We've already talked about. I, like I, I got some plans for next year. Okay. I'm back. We'll leave that off the show. On your back. <laughs> he, he's got a plan to avoid that as well, I think. But we can talk about that after the show, Jay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, anyway. We're going to move on to week seven and dynasty strategy. Dynasty strategy. As always, we're going to start off with the injuries. Uh, the, probably the biggest one this week was uh, OBJ, torn ACL, out for the year. Jay, what the hell are we doing with OBJ at this point? It's going to sound a little crazy, but um, I actually think he might be a decent buy low. And I'm not saying give up much of anything for him, but you know, the lack of production that he's had since he's been in Cleveland, um, you know, with this injury now, too, and, you know, his off-the-field antics, people are definitely extremely frustrated with what he, sh you know, he showed the first couple of years of the Giants. And it, it hurt me for us to get rid of him, but it made sense. Um, I, he still has the talent. I mean, he literally, the records that he set the first couple of years, he's a Hall of Fame talent. If he could just get his head on right. Um, he can definitely still produce. Uh, I'm not saying come anywhere close to paying full price, but if you can get somebody off of somebody, you know, at 50 cents on the dollar, um, he's worth the, ga the gamble, especially if it's a contender who, you know, <laughs> if they had OBJ, they probably weren't a contender. But if, if that's the case, you know, and they're looking for something now and you're in a rebuild, you might be able to, to trade a wide receiver three where, where he was at, he was, you know, right in the middle of a wide receiver two, back end wide receiver two. He still, to me, has that wide receiver one potential. Um, so if you're able to get him for a good price, I think he's somebody that you could target. It's funny you say that too, because uh, I'm going to give my take in a little bit. Actually, in a you know in a segment we're doing after the injuries, uh, I'll be talking about OBJ. So I'm going to give mine there. But I, uh, spoiler alert, I think me and Jay would make good trade partners. Uh, but Dustin, what's your take on OBJ? Uh, I, I love OBJ as a talent. Like I really do. And I don't know that he's going to be back in Cleveland regardless of the injury. I just, there seemed to be a lot of uh, rumors the last two years that he was on his way out. And I even saw like the Seahawks were interested in him um, before this injury this last weekend that they were interested in trying to, to work a trade for him. Not I I don't want to interrupt you too much, but just uh, I do think it's almost impossible for them to cut him cap wise. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't looked at that. I just I, yeah. I don't think if they I, can I just, trade him, but they take too big of a cap hit. I think if they cut him, 
Yeah. And like, I think like Cleveland is the type of team that, you know, they did it, they did it with Brock Osweiler. Like they'll give somebody a pick to take on that salary. Like they, like they were given a second round pick to take on Brock Osweiler. Like I could see them doing something like that. Um, But he's just, I know an ACL isn't like a, a big deal and isn't a, a lingering really thing and doesn't mean you're injury prone, but like he just always has something going on, whether it's injury, it's just drama, like something going on. So like I completely understand being out on him and like, but I still think like I'm kind of there with Jay. I, I think he could be a buy, like, cause I, I think like people are already so down on him. And then with this injury and like, kind of dynasty Twitter and just dynasty in general is when it gets into playing in the middle of the season, they're very, what are you doing for me now? Focused. Like the, 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 you kind of alluded to it at the beginning of the fantasy faceoff, like the two polls we tried to run were Kenyon Drake or uh, were uh, chase Edmonds versus Kenyon Drake. And then chase Edmonds versus Singletary and Edmonds won those handily 80 plus percent on both. (laughs) And like, (laughs) like, in Chase Edmonds, you could get him for thirds before this last week. And like, could so you imagine like, if we ran that a week ago? Drake's coming off a hundred and like sixty, yeah. seventy yard game with that long touchdown. There's no way people are taking Edmonds over Drake. Yeah. So like, you know, I think we're like right now, like would be an ideal time to buy him, and I think you could like just with the way the performance has been. Um, just the the last season and a half in Cleveland, and then this injury that may take him into. Uh, part way into the season like i think you could get him for cheap and like you're not like he still is probably top three in the most talented receivers in the league uh, from a pure talent standpoint that you know if he's out of cleveland like it gives him like an opportunity and we all know like whether the performance matches the value he'll have a value bump if he's on a new team regardless just because it's a new opportunity for him so like i think this is something like you could buy him cheap right now and then as soon as he's playing and healthy like you could turn around and flip him even if he's never played a game for you and i don't think he's going to cost you anything um like obviously if you're contending don't send anything for him but like in a rebuild team like there's no reason to not do it because it's an asset that i think will increase in value um you're right they can't um he's his salary next year is 14 and a half million and his dead cap is 12.8 million so like he's going to be he can't be cut next year but the year after he has zero zero dead cap so and i think uh, it's like guaranteed for injury too so i think they might have to pay like the i don't know what the, if that changes the cap hit but i know they'd have to definitely pay everything plus i think some sort of roster bonus that's guaranteed for injury if they were yeah. to cut him in the off season his uh his cap hit is 15.8 um so like he's he's there um or he's like not getting cut, but we'll see if he's on Cleveland or not. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but I, I'm with Jay. I think he, I think he could be a buy. Like you're obviously, if you have him, you're holding because you can't, you're not going to sell him for anything. But if I don't have him, like, and I'm rebuilding, I'm going to send some offers out for him. And like I said, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to bite my tongue right now and I'll, I'll get into my OBJ thoughts in a little bit, but we'll move on to the next injury, which is uh, Andy Dalton, uh, basically got his head taken off on a cheap hit. Uh, got a concussion in the protocol. Uh, not, I mean, it looked really bad. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out this week. I wouldn't even be surprised if this is a multiple-week thing. But either way, uh, my basic take is just that whether it's Ben DiNucci 
uh, or, or Andy Dalton. I'm I'm kind of out on this offense, uh, at least in terms of definitely buying anybody. Uh, I think you probably have to hold anybody you have, Zeke or Amari. Uh, obviously, I still love CD long term because Dak's going. I do think Dak's going to be back in Dallas, but. Uh, as for this year, I- I'm scared of that entire offense at this point, even when, when Dalton is healthy. I-, I do think they will be better than what they've shown. Uh, I-, I mean, three points against the football team uh, is pretty bad. Um, but that that line is pretty atrocious right now. But I think they're also banged up like the Eagles are. I don't know how many of those guys they might be getting back. Uh, I do think they'll be better than they've shown, but I just don't know how you can trust anybody. I mean, Mari seemed to hold up okay. He had a decent one guy who had a decent game uh, against Washington. But Jay, what do you what do you think about the, the Dalton injury and the Dallas offense going forward, even when Dalton's there? Uh, I pretty much agree, um, and I said it a few weeks ago on the sh- uh, the show that we had before Dalton even started. I was really surprised how many people were so high on Andy Dalton. It's Andy Dalton. He's the definition of a mediocre quarterback. Like, yeah, he's definitely got the talent to have the high highs, but he can have the low lows as well. And, and it, this this one game is always stuck in my mind. I had a friend come over week one. We were excited to watch football. We were playing against each other in our league, and he had Andy Dalton. I'll never forget the look on his face when Andy Dalton finished with negative points. It was week one in 2017. I pulled up the stats. <laughs> He had 170 passing yards and four interceptions. So it's it's Andy Dalton. It's, that's all I can <laughs> say. Like it's it's. I saw some some people who I really respect their opinion that were saying he's a he's a locked in quarterback one for the rest of the year. And I just I was more along the lines of he's you know super flex. He's somebody you could plug in as a QB two. Uh, the way he's played and the way this offensive offensive line is played. I wouldn't even trust him for that. Um, I agree. I don't definitely don't think he's going to play this week. I think he might be a long shot for next week, just depending on how long this lingers. Um, you have to downgrade the entire offense. You know, Amari's the type of guy that can make his week on one play. So he's just going to – that floor is gone, and he still has a ceiling. Uh, C.D. Lamb, I kind of feel like the same thing, that he's, uh, he's lost a little bit of his ceiling. He's still, since he's playing in the slot, you know, he's still got a decent floor and Gallup is pretty much unusable. He was, uh, everybody thought that, you know, cause he made those two catches the first game that they won with against what a surprise against the giants, uh, that he was going to be his favorite target, but those just happened to be two plays that he made. He, he didn't target Gallup more than the other guys. Um, and you really kind of have to, the way Zeke is playing and the way the offensive line has looked, uh, you got to downgrade him too. He really hasn't done much. I don't know if, you know, people say with COVID that, that things linger. I'm not sure if he's just he's not 100 percent and not really talking about it, dealing with, you know, it's complete speculation. But maybe COVID's, you know, lingering and he's just not top uh, physical performance right now. I do think that it, dynasty wise, you know, it may have cracked open a buy window for Lamb, for Zeke, for Dak. If somebody's frustrated with what's going on. You know, if you week two, you know, before Dak got hurt. There's no way you're getting Lamb. There's no way that you're going to get Zeke, anything like that. So maybe it's cracked open a window if, if you're a team that's not in contention. Uh, whoever has Lamb is, you know, maybe you can, can turn it into a, a positive for you. Yeah, I've heard some of, like, people saying sell Zeke, even if you're a contender. I'm, I'm not there. I, I kind of more agree with you. I, I, I'm definitely holding him if I already have him. I don't hate the idea of buying him. I think you might be able to get a discount 
And if they can improve that line a little bit, I mean, I'm sure he's going to get stacked boxes, but Zeke is good enough to overcome that, at least in some of the games. So I, I don't hate the idea of buying him if you can get him at a discount because of how bad Dalton has looked. Because Danucci's probably going to start this week, and he's probably going to, the whole offense is probably going to look awful again against my Eagles. But uh, I think we covered the Cowboys well enough there. So, Dustin, I wanted to definitely lead off with you on this one because I know. Oh, oh, you, oh I, had, I had something to say. <laughs> I didn't get to talk yet. Well, well, you should have jumped in then. Come on now. No, so um, I'm right there with you guys. I, I don't really have anything to say. I just was <laughs> not. Um, you're, you're, you're obviously going to play Cooper and, and Zeke. You're, like, you're not going to bench those guys. Amari like, still was 7 for 80. But like I, I kind of have like this, this kind of dark feeling out there that the Cowboys are going to go get Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then that would like I would love. Oh I would love that the, too. Yeah, that would be amazing, and like they could probably get him. Like Miami is like they're committed to it; they're not going to bench him now. Like I think that they could go out and get Fitzpatrick and just let it go. Like that would like Fitzpatrick in that offense would be like fantastic. I heard another one that was super interesting. Someone, someone just threw out there. I don't. I'm sorry, I can't credit them. Someone on a podcast mentioned uh, the possibility what if the jags trick gardner Minshew to dallas i just think that would be fabulous as well can you imagine him in dallas oh, <laughs> the mustache I mean, the jags are talking about starting glennon this week like there's there's yeah marone's talking about blowing yeah so trade him to dallas and then let's have him throw to the lamb and cooper it's and Pat- it's patrick or, or gardner out there that would be fantastic that would yeah. be so hard because i like both fitzpatrick and Minshew, and of course as a giants fan i hate the cowboys i know me too <laughs> but from Min- a fantasy standpoint fitzpatrick in dallas would be like that would be yeah and Minshew just from a fun standpoint would just be amazing in dallas i think yeah. I think Minshew's not a Jerry Jones kind of guy. I don't think like Minshew's a little not. bit more, you know, carefree that and Jerry Jones doesn't like that. But I can see if it's Patrick being like, you know, a, a Jerry Jones guy. Right. That'd be fun. Uh, so before you so rudely interrupted me, I was going to throw it to you uh, <laughs> about uh, your boy. Chase Edmonds is now going to be the starter after Kenyon Drake. Injured his ankle. Uh, I've heard it called both a ligament and a sprain, a ligament tear and a sprain. Uh, but it looks like they haven't done it yet, but there's talk that they're going to put him on IR. So you might see almost a full month of, of Edmonds. You would definitely talk to him, uh, talk me into him as well. I, I've got some Edmonds and I'm super high on him. Um, but why don't you talk about what you see for Edmonds going forward? So he's not just going to be the starter while Drake's injured. He's going to keep that job, I think. Um, I personally, I actually personally think that. Um, Edmonds, is he's just been fantastic. And the only real concern with him is he, he, he was getting banged up the last couple of years. But he's looked better than Drake all season. And, like, Edmonds has been around that, that team as well. He was there longer than Drake. And, like, he was involved during the stretch last year when, when Drake was performing. And I think, like, he fits that offense probably better than Drake. And so I'm, I'm all, I'm all for it. I, I saw you try to try to get him from me in TA3. <laughs> you, you try to get him from me. In I TA3 was hoping and... because you're, you're Owen seven in that league. I figured, you I know. know, you don't need chase Edmonds. I know, but a second round pick is like a late second round pick is eh. like, it's just not, not really worth it. Um, I'll hold him. And uh, Devin came after him uh, in breaking bad. He offered me Marquise Brown for him and I turned it down. Um, 
no, I, I, I'm taking my victory lap on this. Like, I loved Edmonds coming into the season. Um, and he's like, now he's got the opportunity. Um, he, like, and we talk about people, like, he's got 32 targets already. Like, we talk about players, like, involved in the passing game. Like, he's got 32 targets. Um, I think last game, um, after uh, Drake got hurt, he had, like, he had seven catches for 87 yards. Like, out of your running back, that's fantastic. Like, and Kyler, like he's he likes throwing to the running back. So, like, yeah, it's all arrows pointing up for for Edmonds. Like, I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I I I and I am right there with you too. That the thing I love about this is that, like you said, I think he's going to hold on to that role because he's going to show how much better he. I mean, Drake. Other than that one game against the horrible, I think Carmel Cowboys defense. Uh, he's been pretty, pretty inefficient the entire year. Um, he's been getting some touchdowns here and there, but other than that, he hasn't been producing much in the passing game. He hasn't producing that much in the running game. Um, so I like I like Edmonds a lot to hold on to the role the rest of the year. Um, but getting to our last injury, uh, Chris Godwin it came out has a fractured finger. He's going to get surgery on. He's at at least week eight, and I saw shortly before we come on, Arian said week nine is no guarantee either, um, which also leads into the one uh, kind of news topic we were going to bring up, which is the Antonio Brown since our last episode last Wednesday signed with Tampa. Uh, so basically I'm just think, wondering what to make of all the Tampa Bay fantasy assets, uh, and I, I put on the sheet here, especially Mike Evans, it, Mike Evans splits with Godwin and without Godwin are insane. I wanted to bring this up before throwing it to one of you, which is without Godwin, he has games of 7-104 in a touchdown, 7-122 in a touchdown, and 5-41 in a touchdown, eight targets in each game. That's three games. He's played four games with Godwin, six catches, 51 yards in four games with no more than four. That's, that's four game total, six catches for 51 yards. Um, with no more than four targets in any games. He does have three touchdowns um, to help bail out his fantasy day in some of those games. But what do you think, Jay? What do you think of all the, the – everyone, especially Evans, but ha, ha, how are we going to see this whole Tampa Bay situation shake out with with every, so many, everyone seemingly within a week or two should be healthy. Uh, Godwin will be back in a couple weeks. Antonio, I think, is not probably going to play this week, but we'll play week nine. We got Rojo and Fournette there. So what what, what the hell is going on? Um, I saw a comparison to the Dallas, Dallas wide receivers and in more of a role, not necessarily the type of game that they have um, from Jake Seeley of the athletic, the all in kid. He's somebody who I really respect his opinion. And he put it this way. Um, could see Evans as Mike, uh, as Michael Gallup, Godwin as lamb and Antonio Brown as uh, Cooper. And meaning that, High ceiling, lowest floor. You know, he's going to have his boom games. Uh, Godwin, I think, is going to be – anybody who says that this isn't going to affect Godwin and Evans just obviously is being biased. There's no way that this is a good thing for them. However, I think it's going to affect Evans a lot more than it's going to affect Godwin. Godwin plays that middle-of-the-field game that Tom Brady loves so much, and as you've seen the games that they played together, you know, Evans has disappeared. Um, so I really like that comparison, how he came up with that, you know, is if Evans catches a touchdown, he's probably going to have an okay game. Uh, Godwin still has a pretty decent ceiling when he, you know, if he can catch some, catch some touchdowns as well, but he's going to, he's still going to be involved and Antonio Brown, you know, it's not going to be 2017 Antonio Brown all over again, but 
he's still got the talent. He showed it last year in the one game that he played with Brady. So I do think that, you know, if this was at the beginning of the season, it'd be a, a buy a cake and not the icing situation where it's obviously stock up for Brady. He's the guy that you really want in this offense. But I don't think that it's it's the end of days for Godwin, as some people think it is. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I before the season, I did not think that, that this was going to hurt. Prior to Antonio Brown signing, I was still pretty high on Evans. I, you know, I just, just thought I did not think that it was definitely. It's, people had talked about Brady possibly hurting Evans, and it does definitely seems to be playing out that way. He seems to be favoring Godwin when they're both in there. Uh, I can't imagine Antonio Brown's going to help that any. Uh, uh, after this week, um, we may get a decent Evans game. No Brown, uh, from what I've heard, there's Brown's not going to play this week. Godwin is definitely not going to play this week. So you probably get a good uh, Evans game this week and then maybe look to sell um, off of that. Uh, Dustin, any thoughts on Tampa before we move on? Yeah, that's actually what I was going to say is, you know, Evans will, will have a big game this week. Like nobody else there against the Giants. Like he's going to have a big game. And then like I'm hoping with with I have a couple shares of him on contenders and I'm 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 pretty scared to to have him on my contending team going um towards the end of the season that I'm going to try to sell him maybe for a more of a an older guy performing I haven't figured out like the target yet but I'm hoping that like you know like like we talked about like now that we're in the season it's very redrafty like you know what are you doing for me now and I'm hoping somebody will see like that Godwin is still injured and trending down and Evan just had a big game that somebody will pay something for him or will like maybe I can get like a Tyler Boyd for him or something like that. Um, and, and just be done with Evans. Um, the only two that I really want in this offense would be Brady and, and believe it or not Gronk. Uh, Gronk's looked really, really good the last couple of weeks. Um, now that he's like got you back in football shape and just been on the field, taking hits a little bit more that I, those are the only two I really want in this offense. Like I, I feel like other, all these guys are going to be in and out of the lineup and they're going to try to show that the AB signing wasn't like that. They want to get AB involved. So he's going to get his work. And, you know, obviously when Godwin's there, he's the guy. So I, I just, I think everyone's going to be eating from each other. And this is really only going to be a Brady or Gronk show um, that I would, uh, that I would start. Yeah, I definitely can see that. And I will add too before we move on. Um, the whole everybody's saying that Evans is going to have a good game. The, I, I'm not a fan of get him in by any means, but the one thing he did do Bradbury. well was sign Bradbury, and he's yeah, really he's done well against number ones on, on uh, opposing offenses. So I could see a situation where it's more of a Scotty Miller and Gronk game uh, that Evans might not have this big game that everybody's thinking. Now I wouldn't say drop him like some people have said in the, the fantasy industry, but. Evans is definitely somebody he could be looking to shop. I like that you brought that up because it gives me a segue into the next topic here, um, which is we're talking about some dynasty buy highs and sell lows. You heard that right. Everyone likes to talk about buy lows and, and sell highs. But we wanted to kind of flip it on its head, uh, talk about guys you're willing to pay up for, guys you want to just get off your roster, even if you don't get quite get full value. I uh, thought that might be an interesting topic to discuss this week. Unlike these slackers, I did two of each, and they did one of each. But um, So I'll start off and finish off on, on, on each uh, one. But my buy high, the reason it segues in, 
Uh, and maybe I cheated a little because it's not like you have to pay a ton for this guy. But Travis Fulgham, who still produced even even against James Bradbury coverage against the Giants. Uh, that was the segue there. Um, he's had a huge target share <laughs> since uh, coming over. Uh, and he's doing work against pretty good defenses. Uh, like like uh, Jay said, I mean, the Giants overall aren't great, but Bradbury himself is. He produced in that game Pittsburgh. Uh, it was when he had his big bust-out game. They've been pretty solid against the pass, and the Ravens as well. Got Marlon Humphrey and a bunch of good cornerbacks there. I think this guy is legit. I kind of dismissed him a little bit after the uh, Pittsburgh game is kind of a fluke, but I really believe he's he's legit going forward. And I talked about this when um, we had talked about Wentz on a previous show, but there's and Jay alluded to it earlier with Sanders. Their schedule lines up nicely in, in both pass and rush defenses, I think, for the rest of the year. So uh, I can definitely see him having success the rest of the year. They're going to have some weapons coming back, but I don't think that's going to affect him a ton. I mean, Jackson might be out the rest of the year. Uh, I mean, they haven't said that, but they've said indefinitely. Rager will come back, um, but Fulgham's still going to be a starter. Ertz and Goddard will eventually come back, but the extra weapons could take attention off him too. That I mean, you would assume they there's not really anybody else they really needed to target in the passing game. I don't think anyone's gearing up to stop John Hightower uh, and Richard Rogers. So uh, <laughs> having having other guys to worry about could actually help him, even if he doesn't get quite as many targets. So I definitely like buying them, and I can't imagine you'd have to pay more than a second to anybody. Uh, so Travis Fulgham is my buy high. Uh, who do you got, Dustin? So I added a second because <laughs> we we're going to call us out. <laughs> Um, but my first buy high is Justin Herbert. Um, he's just been, he's fantastic. Like we talked about on our, our, our mock draft episode or redoing the rookie draft episode a couple of weeks ago that I was up there with Herbert being close to QB one between him and Burrow. And I think that Herbert might've passed him. Like Herbert just looks the real deal. You know, he's only, he's got 12 touchdowns to three interceptions. He's already got 1500 yards. Like since he's taken over, he's only had, he had one game at 264 yards, one at 290 and then 311, 330, 47. Like this guy is just, he's fantastic. He looks good throwing the ball. He can throw it short. He can throw it deep. Like he just looks like he's the real deal. Um, so, like I think he's just going to continue to improve, and so I I want to buy high on on Herbert. Like I would be very confident in, in him being my quarterback one in a superflex league. I was there like that he would maybe be my quarterback three, but he he's he's proven me wrong that you know he was going one hundred nine to one twelve in superflex drafts. Like and that's a steal for where you got him. Like he's the real deal. And then my other guy I was super down on for a while, but. It's James Robinson. Like I, I'm, I'm there. I, I think like I saw a tweet from Ryan McDowell, and it says, and it just said Alvin Kamara. He's the only running back that has outscored James Robinson this year. On the same tweet, and that just blew my mind. Like that's just crazy to think about. Like, and like I kept getting into, you know, the narrative that like, oh, they have so many draft picks and so much capital that they won't bring him back, or he won't be the starter next year. They'll bring somebody else in, but like he's looked really good on a terrible team and you know, the league right now doesn't want to pay running backs and like he was undrafted. You don't have to pay him very much. Like you can go build a team and buy free agents to, like, 
and, and fill out your defense and the rest of your skill positions and then get a running back in a couple years and just ride him out through his, his rookie deal. And so I, I'm there. I think he's going to stay with, with Jacksonville. And I think he's going to, to keep the job past this year. And um, I see him going for early seconds, late first. And I, I'm there. Like, I, I think like the team's only going to get better. They're not going to get any worse. Like, so like he's going to have, you know, you can always get worse. <laughs> I don't see how. Like they don't really have much else. I mean, I guess well, already Mike. Let me ask you this: I am um, that team I was telling you about that I traded Michael Thomas uh, in the off season. I picked up James Robinson off of waivers for nothing, and after the Miami game, I traded him for what would likely turn into, <clears throat> excuse me, an early first. So, do you think that's still a good move, or it's, would- it's a rebuilding team? I'm actually, you know, I've had Swift. We had Claypool, so. We hit on some rookie picks that we're actually in the playoff mix. I don't think I've got the team that's going to win it all. You never know, especially in 2020, but this was an orphan that was in terrible shape that we basically, we gutted any, I, it's a, a team that I co in with my guy, Marty is a beer cleaner on Twitter. Um, we gutted everything and we, we acquired picks and then we're hoping to hit on a few and we're in the mix. We got Brady for cheap. Uh, we got Gronk. So we've got a couple of, cheap guys that hit and that's why uh we're in the mix but i'm still looking more towards next year or the year after i mean if it's a if it's a top five pick then i definitely like want that pick over james robinson i just but I, it's getting closer than what i thought it was going to be kind of a couple of weeks ago i i just wasn't bought into it but he's outperformed everybody but alvin camaro like and so so i'm there like um but a, a top five pick, I would take the pick over James Robinson for sure. Um, all right, Jay. So let's get into your uh, your buy high. My guys, uh, DeAndre Swift. Uh, he's shown. I still don't understand why Detroit signed Adrian Peterson after drafting him with Carryon Johnson, but nonetheless, uh, he's shown that he can produce when he's given the touches. I don't, Adrian. I don't expect Adrian Peterson or Patricia for that uh, to be back next year with Detroit. He's uh, he ranks fifth in fantasy points per 100 snaps at 45.5 with a front in head of Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry and CMC. So when he's getting the ball, he's producing. He's averaging 5.3 yards per carry. He's got 25 targets on the season, which is only five um, behind Marvin Jones, where Marvin Jones plays 88 percent of the snaps and Swift only plays 35 percent of the snaps. Past three games, he's averaged 18 and a half points on 13 touches. If, if it, it's not if, it's when he gets this backfield to himself, he's going to be a monster. And I think as soon as next year, he's going to be, you know, a, a top three, top, top five back. I really like this one uh, because uh, I definitely agree that you are kind of buying him on the upswing, but I think he can keep going up even higher. So I think it's a good time to get in on him. Uh, he's still, like you said, because he's not getting a lot of the snaps, I still think uh, he's not as, his value is not as high as it's going to be if and when they allow him to, which may not even be till 2021. But uh, I definitely think you're going to get even more out of him than you have to pay for him right now. Uh, I mean, it'd probably it would take a first plus at least because everyone paid a first for him this year. Uh, but I definitely think that you're getting you're getting him before he hits the ceiling. So I still think it's a good buy high. And uh, 
I'll get into mine, which my second one, I believe, Dustin, you said you did have a second one as well now? Oh, I said both already. Uh, yeah, he went in. And James Robinson. Like, okay, my bad. Um, I, uh, my second one was uh, A.J. Brown, uh, which is basically just A.J. Brown is awesome. Uh, <laughs> not major analysis there. But, um, I mean, the only worry about him has been the volume. Uh, he's getting eight targets a, a week for the season, including that first game where he didn't perform quite as well. But since he's been back, uh, he's looked great. He's, he's getting, like I said, eight targets a game, uh, which is fine. He's been, he's been just as efficient as he pretty much as he was last year. He's got a, a touchdown in every game, two touchdowns in one of them. Uh, he's a guy, you know, with his size, they do look for in the red zone. So four touchdowns in three games is fluky, but uh, I definitely think he's going to be a guy who gets you a decent amount of touchdowns every year. And uh, I recently paid two uh, late first for him on a contending team in the league. And, I'm perfectly fine with that. I, I could see somebody wanting more than that, so I, I was happy to pay it. Uh, so AJ Brown is my second buy high. Um, so any thoughts on that before we move on to the buy lows? Uh, I, I love AJ Brown. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so buy lows. Uh, that's this is when I was going to get into OBJ. Uh, I'm you out. What, what was that? Buy low. I'm sorry, Cello. Yeah, I said buy low. Sell low. Uh, I can't even get it right. Okay, so selling low, OBJ. Uh, I, Dustin's out on Julio. I'm out on OBJ. Uh, I just, I think even when he comes back, I know what you guys all said about buying him low earlier. That's why I said we might make good trade partners. I just think that, you know, I was leading the train for the OBJ comeback before the season. Uh, other than that one blow-up game, he still hadn't really done much. And next year, you're looking at a 28-year-old receiver coming off a major injury. I know ACLs aren't, you know, people can recover from them at this point uh, pretty good. But coming off a major injury, 28 years old, a, a mediocre year and a half prior to that. And I just, I don't, I, I just don't see a lot of value there. I'm not sure I see a ton of production there, whether he's in Cleveland or somewhere else. Uh, he definitely hasn't been able to produce in Cleveland. I mean, the quarterback situation there doesn't appear to be great. Baker's not quite – I was hoping for a Baker bounce back as well. And he's been okay. He had the big game this week, uh, but that was Cincinnati. So I, I just don't love OBJ. And I, I was actually going to ask you guys. I have two trades for him to kind of illustrate where I'm at with him. Uh that I've been offered in a league where I'm six and one contending lost OBJ. I'm kind of willing to, to do either of these, but everybody's telling me I shouldn't. So I wanted to get your thoughts on them. Uh, one of them is OBJ and uh, my, my going to be very late second. I'm six and one and lead the league in points. So it's going to be somewhere nine to 12 for Julio Jones. What do you guys think of that one? I'd pay that for, in a, for a contending team, even though I came out on Julio, like to go win the, to, like basically replace him his spot in the lineup it's it's worth it worth it to me yeah i agree i'm, I'm not necessarily out on julio but i'm definitely looking to sell i'm the type of guy i would rather sell a year too early than too late and i think it's getting to that point where it's going to be too late on julio very soon um even before obj went down to improve your team i probably would have made that deal Okay, and this I think you guys might like that one better than the other one that I'm going to say then because everyone's been telling me not to do this one, but uh, I just had the Julio offer come in shortly before the show, but it was uh, OBJ 
that same second and Irv Smith for Brandon Cooks, David Johnson, and Rob Gronkowski. And I, I am pretty deficient at running back. I have Zeke and Mostert and basically nobody else. But you only have to start one. So that's why I was considering that one and because of my very low opinion of OBJ at this point. So what do you think of that one, Jay? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. David Johnson is a shell of himself. Gronk, I, I tell you what, I, I've been very impressed the way Gronk has looked. It looks like it just took him a few games to get uh, – get his feet under him and get back into playing football. But I still don't think I would do that. Dustin. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there. Like, I, I get the reason why OBJ. Yeah, I get the reason why you want to do it. But, like, you're, I, yeah, I, I don't love that trade. <laughs> I, I would rather I'd hold OBJ there and, and search for another deal. Like, Unless you really, really need to move him, like hold him through this injury dip, unless you're a contender and you really get something that's yeah, going well, to help. They're the same league, so I could yeah. take that Julio deal. Yeah, and, take the Julio uh, deal. And yeah, yeah. I do the Julio deal. Yeah, I, I, I just like I said, I just got the Julio deal about a half an hour before the offer, half an hour before the show. Uh, I was actually thinking about the other one uh, just because I want points. Uh, like I said, I'm contending there, and. Uh, I, I think David Johnson's getting a little bit. I get what you're saying. I don't think he's going to have a lot of value after this year. Uh, but looking at it in PPR, he has he's only had one game all year below 12 and a half points. So he, he doesn't have an upside, but he's definitely got a, got a nice floor for an RB2. But uh, I think I agree with you two as well, though. When I saw that Holy Lover coming out, I was like, hmm, I like that one a little better. So I guess we'll go with that one. And we'll move on to your guys' buy lows uh, before going on to find me a trade. So, uh, just I, mean, I did it again. Sell load. I know. I realized it myself this time. It's we're so used to saying, uh, so you know, buy high, sell low. Anyway, um, yeah, that's what you're used to saying. So, fourth uh, Anyway, um, yeah. So my sell lows. Um, Mike Evans. It right. Yeah. So <laughs> we kind of talked about it earlier. Like I just, I'm, I'm. I'm ready to move on from him. Um, but the other one might be a little surprising. It's Cooper Cup. Um, I, I know to see that one. I know the Rams just signed him to uh, to an extension, and he's he he's producing. But like, I don't know that the Rams really want to be a pass first team. Like, they want to run the ball. We're seeing it. Like, there's just not a lot of consistency there from anyone at the at the running or the wide receiver position. And like I think Robert Woods is the guy there, but like we're seeing like Reynolds get more involved. We're seeing Van Jefferson get involved a little bit last week. Um, they have the, the tight ends there. I just don't know where Cooper Cup fits in, in into the, the scheme for the team. Um, and I think right now you can still get a decent amount for him name value wise, but I'm willing to just sell sell pretty low right now and, and just be done because I don't see, I think he's going to be more of a touchdown dependent guy. And Robert Woods is going to be the guy that you want for, you know, getting the receptions and the yardage. And I just don't, I don't want to build my dynasty teams anymore with boom bust type guys. I just don't really want that. That's not how I want to build my teams anymore. And I think Cooper cup kind of fits into that, that, that role right now. Um, so I'm just, I'm done uh, I'll sell him low and, and kind of move on from him. Uh, what do you think on uh, 
Cooper Cup or, or yeah, what do you think on Cooper Cup? We already kind of talked about Evans, but what do you, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, and I tell you what, they've uh, I keep wanting to say St. Louis, even though it's been a few years. Uh, the L.A. Rams have really gone back to what they do best is run the ball. So I was really high on uh, Robert Woods, aka Bobby Trees, but you know the lack of passing volume is, isn't there and. Uh, when Cooper Cup went on that run a few years ago, he was getting a ton of touchdowns. And in fantasy, you know, it's so it's impossible to predict touchdowns. So while, like you said, he's been paid, but I, I like it. I think he's still he's more of a name than production at this point in his career. So I definitely think you can get some value for him. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get into your your solo. Um, this was actually going to be my guy until I saw that you had him on the sheet already. <laughs> Guy on you. Oh no, you're you're good. You you got in there first, so um, why don't you go ahead and get into yours? Yeah, so my guy is uh, David Montgomery, and I, it's more about situation than talent. I actually, while I was doing this, I was surprised. Um, his his numbers don't look too bad when it comes to his talent. Um, and what I mean is, before contact, he ranks 31st of the NFL with 145 yards. After contact. He ranks 13th with 208 yards. Out of the top 20 running backs in the NFL, only Frank Gore has a lower uh, yards before contact than Montgomery. So what's that telling me is, which we all know, the Chicago offensive line sucks. He's getting no help, especially, you know, Matt uh, Nagy's play calling sucks. So he's doing okay after he's getting hit, but he's getting hit early. He's not able to do anything. Um, and I don't trust Chicago to improve the offensive line. They went after our old Nick Foles, who cost me my um, full disclosure. I'm a little uh, I'm a, a scoring lover after this week with Chicago. Um, but he's now getting the passing work, too, and he's still not really producing that much. He's 27th running back in points per game, even with the extra volume that he's getting in the, the passing game with Cohen being out. Cohen's going to be back next year, so – that's only his volume's going to go down. I just, I don't think he's in the right situation. You know, everybody um, see that graphic every time that, that Montgomery plays like crap. You see that graphic going around from college that said he's got the feet of Saquon Barkley, the vision of Le'Veon Bell, the strength of Ezekiel Elliott and the athleticism of Sony Michelle. And, you know, it's, you see that all the time and <laughs> you see him on the field. It's like, what were they thinking? Like, he doesn't look like that guy, but it's, I don't think it's the talent. I think it's a situation, and he's he's going to be there for a few more years. So I don't see it improving. His numbers have been okay. He's been a back-end running back, too, simply because of the volume, and he's not going to have that same volume next year. So I would get out while you can. I'm right there with you, Jay. I love this one. I, I've i never been into Montgomery going back to the last year's draft. Uh, it was always easily Jacobs and Sanders and then a major tear break to, to Montgomery for me. Um, but I'll get into my my last one, my buy low, which I'll run just real fast. Uh, so my, low. Oh, my God. I am. Uh, <laughs> we need to, like, edit this out or something, Dustin. Somehow figure out a way to make me sound not like an idiot. Uh, anyway. On your own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I left that one open. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Sell low is Zach Ertz. Uh, and that hurts a little bit. A little bit, yeah, my Eagles. But 
he's first of all cheating a little bit i would wait until he comes back because at least you get a little bit of a bump there probably even then i don't think you're going to get a ton for him um but at least once he does they know they're going to get at some kind of points from him you can maybe sell him on the name uh we've talked about him a little bit on the pot i don't know what the hell happened this year i don't know if it's mental i kind of don't think he's washed up at 29 but I don't see it really improving even when he comes back. By the time he comes back, Goddard and Rager will probably be healthy. Uh, Fulgham has emerged. Um, and I don't expect to see the Eagles hold on to him beyond this year, uh, given his contract situation, given that they have Goddard. Uh, so, and he, maybe he gets a, a value bump going somewhere else next year, but he just as well could go to somebody like the Jets and and nobody's interested in him anyway. So, or, or even if they are, you may get a slight value bump and he doesn't produce anything for you. So I'm willing to get out now. I would, like I said, just wait till he comes back from the injury. Maybe you can get slightly more than you get, than you get right now when somebody's got to wait four to six weeks for a guy who wasn't producing at the beginning of the year anyway. Um, but as always, we are going long, so we're going to move on uh, in a minute uh, to our next segment. I did want to say, though, We've had a listener listener question on the show sheet the last two weeks that we're now not going to get to this week either because we take damn too damn long talking. So, uh, Joseph Fry, just if you're listening, I am promise you we will get to this question next week. It's about rebuilding, uh, and I'll move it up higher on the show sheet so that we don't end up skipping it because we talk too much. So we're going to move on now to find me a trade. Find me a trade. And this week's was submitted by Steven on Twitter. That's just, just Steven, at Steven0128. And Dustin will give you the league settings, and I'll get into the roster. Yeah, so this team, it's a you know 12-team, 1QB. It's a .5 PPR, but it has 1.0 per first down. Um, a .5 uh, points per first down for quarterbacks. No tight end premium. Um, it's a start eight. You start one quarterback. Two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, two flex, 18 main rosters. So pretty standard starting requirements. Um, he thought he was one of the favorites going into the season. He still thinks he's a contender, but he's three and four. Um, this week, he's not going to have CMC, Mixon, Michael Thomas, OBJ, Hopkins, or Cooks. Um, so he might be going into next week as three and five. Um, but he's still in the playoffs because uh, six seed is based on total points. Um, so, Rocky, you want to get in the roster? Yes. He does have, like he said, he's missing a lot of guys this particular week, but he's got a pretty damn good roster. Uh, he's got Lamar Jackson and Burrow at quarterback. Uh, at running back, uh, as, as you mentioned, some of the guys there, he's got CMC, uh, who should be returning soon, Mixon, uh, Gurley, Fournette, uh, Tevin Coleman, who they just activated off IR, and Damian Harris. So a lot of usable guys there. Wide receiver, he's got Hopkins. He just lost Beckham, so he doesn't have him. But he's got Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks, uh, Marcus Vettis-Scantling, Charles Claypool, I'm sorry, Chase Claypool, and Tim Patrick. And at uh, tight end, he's got Greg Kittle and Logan Thomas. So, uh, Dustin, you want to get into your trade first? Yeah, so I know this isn't a – a super flex league, but um, he has Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. And I don't think in a, in a one quarterback league, he needs both of those guys. There's a good chance that, you know, going into next season that, you know, you, he has two top eight quarterbacks and even in one of the quarterback leagues in a, in a uh, 0.5 
points per first down. Um, Burrow is going to carry some value. Um, so I have him trading Joe Burrow and Tim Patrick to this is fine. Um, this is fine is he's one and six. And right now he has Breeze and Minshew at quarterback. So there's a re very real chance he doesn't have a QB at all next year. And Burrow is a, a young guy to build around. Um, and with the team being one and six, he's obviously not going to compete this year. Um, so, you know, he's probably rebuilding right now. So I had uh, Joe Burrow and Tim Patrick for Stefan Diggs and Gardner Menchu. I like getting Diggs to upgrade his wide receiver core, especially with losing OBJ. It would be nice to slot Diggs in there. And then getting Gardner back, um, you can, you know, kind of use the, um, the fact that he might get benched this week for Mike Glennon to, to try to get the deal done that I think this is a deal that can get done. You know, Burrow's got that big name because he's, he's a rookie. He was a first overall pick. He's surrounded by a ton of talent and he's producing right now. So I think this is a deal you could get done. And the only reason I'm asking for Gardner is so that you have another quarterback on your roster for injuries. Um, I know that Lamar's already had his buy. So, you know, you might be able to go out and get, a Glennon or something like that if he doesn't want to add Gardner. But I think um, going and trying to get digs and like I say, every episode, add a small little piece onto it. If you need to, um, you have a couple third, he has two third round picks, um, two seconds and two firsts. So adding, adding a third or maybe like an Anthony Miller, Nikhil Harry or something like that on to get the deal done um, to give him a receiver back. I think it, it is, is great. Um, but I like moving Tim Patrick right now because uh, obviously he's performing without Sutton there. Um, so it's a name that is putting up points right now. Um, but yeah, I, I think I would just try to, to get digs and uh, make burrow the centerpiece and add a little bit on the side. If you need to, what do you guys think? I, I love the idea if he can get it done. Uh, cause like you said, he doesn't really need burrow. Uh, he is a young guy going to rebuilding team. I just worry about whether you can get digs uh, for Joe Burrow, even with Tim Patrick thrown in there. I mean, I don't really think that much of Tim Patrick going forward. And That's, uh, maybe like a Nikhil Harry or Anthony Miller, like another young guy, if this guy's really rebuilding. The thing about digs is people still haven't caught up to how good digs is doing this year. That's what I was going to say. He's wide receiver four. Yeah, but his, his value, like the, his cost hasn't, and value hasn't, isn't at wide receiver four right now. He's still down in that wide receiver two cat category because he's like the narrative was, Oh, he's got Josh Allen who isn't accurate. Well, now the narrative is like, Oh, Josh Allen's kind of taking a dip a little bit and none of the focus is on Stefan Diggs right now. So I think like right now he's the guy to target um, for competing teams that nobody's talking about. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I don't hate that logic either. I just, I also think, though, the guys that have Stefan Diggs on their team might more realize that he's a top five wide receiver right now. Um, but again, if you can get it done, I like it. I just have doubts whether – and me personally, I'm not trading uh, a Stefan Diggs for almost any quarterback in a 1QB. Um, but that, that'll segue into Jay's trade. Similar <laughs> yeah, construction, a little different. Um, I went, I looked over all the other teams and I went, you know, similar. As soon as I saw Burrow on the bench with Lamar, uh, that was my, my initial instinct was to get rid of Burrow because you're the only time you're ever going to start him over Lamar is a bye week. Um, so I was looking at, what was it? 
Oh, Steven Sear um, trading that, Joe Burrow like and Brandon yeah. Cooks to Steven Sear for either Miles Sanders or Nick Chubb and Cam Newton. Cam Newton's pretty much a throw-in, especially in a one-quarterback league. You know, he's he's not performing at all. It's just to have a backup. Um, Miles Sanders and Nick Chubb are probably going to be without until week 10, but they both have great rest-of-season schedules and great playoff schedules. Chubb gets the Giants in week 15 and the Jets in week 16. Sanders gets Arizona in week 15 and Dallas in week 16. Um the reason I was looking at Steven Sears' team is he's probably frustrated with his quarterback position because he's got Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold to go along with Cam Newton. So, you know, probably last year, the year before, he thought he had his quarterback of the future. And especially as a Giants fan, I can speak to it. I don't know if he does or not. Um, but Burrow locks in his quarterback of the future, even though it's just a one-quarterback league. Um, he could also use a little bit of quarterback, excuse me, wide receiver help. So that's why Cooks is a nice complimentary piece in the deal. He still has Gibson. So whichever one, let's say he gives you Miles Sanders. He's got Nick Chubb and Gibson, and you're only starting two running backs in this league. So that's a solid one-two punch. Um, probably have to throw in a pick to get this deal done, being a one-quarterback league. Um, but looking, it's got two firsts, two seconds, and two thirds. So start with a second, and even if it's got it in a – if you have to give up a late first to get it done, you know, with that lineup that he's got, once they're all healthy, uh, he could win it all. So you put, you know, put Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins to go along with uh, Christian McCaffrey. Where is it? I mean, it, yeah, Mixon. Yeah. You, got, you, you put Sanders or Chubb at the flex. I mean, you're an instant favorite. I. I basically my feelings on this are the same as Dustin. I, I love the idea for for the guy we're finding the trade for. Uh, I'm just I again I'm not sure. It depends on how much these guys are going to value quarterbacks. But Dustin, I don't want to just repeat what I already said. Dustin, what do you think? I think right now is the time to try to get Miles Sanders um, with his injury. But I think Miles Sanders is also kind of like. The owners that have Miles Sanders love Miles Sanders, but he's definitely like, a sexy name. I have him in a lot of places, and I can confirm I love Miles Sanders. Yeah, <laughs> but like, you know, adding that first on on there as well, like like he's got two firsts and two seconds, and I think he's a contending team. So I wouldn't be afraid adding those those picks on there. Like when he gets healthy later on the season, these are these are the types of moves to buy now. Like go buy the Eckler, the Chubb the Sanders, the guys that are hurt now that are going to come back in your playoffs. Like he's already got the point spot right now. And he's got a lot of guys that are going to come back. If he's been able to, to kind of float this long that I think he's going to be fine. So I like um, the framework of the deal and I like adding, you know, an extra first or second onto the deal to get it done. Um, these are the types of moves to start making now is to, to buy those guys are coming back later in the season. I, I think that's a really good point. And Jay did say it too when he talked about it. I, I think it does need to be a first probably to get this deal done, but I would have no problem throwing like his team's already loaded. It's not that old. Uh, so I would, and he has two firsts anyway. So I'd have no problem throwing in that first, uh, either one of them to, to try and get Miles Sanders or Nick Chubb. Cause I, I do love the idea. Uh, you're adding another injured guy to his already injury uh, ravaged team a little bit, but but it, it should, like Dustin said, he should be able to keep it going. Uh, uh, 
to be able to have a, a team that still makes the playoffs. And then once he gets there, even if he ends up being like the sixth seed because of all these injuries, he could really roll through with that lineup, which kind of leads into my trade, which uh, the reason I say it leads into my trade is because I, my, my ideal trade would be no trade. Um, I actually think he might be best off standing Pat. Uh, he's basically two weeks away, at least from all the, everything we're hearing about these guys, assuming Michael Thomas and Mixon come back on schedule. He's two weeks away from having Lamar, CMC, Mixon, Hopkins, Thomas, Kittle in his lineup. Uh, and, and, you know, with Gurley and, and some other guys he can throw in the flex. But uh, if we're going to make a trade, um, I like the idea of possibly moving off Michael Thomas which uh, pre-show Dustin mentioned I, I've done, I think, multiple times on this segment. Um, I, I'm just a little leery of him at this point. Uh, I think it was uh, Zach Reed on the Trade Addicts podcast this week. It almost has sort of that uh, kind of like OBJ, Antonio Brown kind of stink on it, that, that something's going on there There's between him and the organization. Uh, so I'm not sure what's going on there. And I don't mind. I don't care that much about the age, but he's not super young either. So I don't mind getting out on Michael Thomas. And I'm really interested, though, to hear your guys' thoughts on this one because uh, I, I wasn't really sure I, when I came up with this. I wasn't sure if it was too much or not enough. Uh, it, it was trading Michael Thomas for Deontay Johnson and Justin Jefferson. Uh, Justin Jefferson, you're definitely buying high, and, and you're probably selling Michael Thomas low at this point. Deontay came off the big game, but he keeps getting hurt. Uh, the idea was you get younger, you're getting points to replace the loss of OBJ he had this week, uh, plus the fact that you haven't gotten points from Michael Thomas pretty much all year. And then for the team he's trading to, Team Jonah1214, uh, that team has really great wide receiver depth. He's got, uh, I think, uh, DJ Moore and Tyreek Hill. Uh, these two guys aren't even in the starting lineup. He also has, I think, uh, Tyler Boyd in there. Um, so... He's, he's also a contender, so you might like the uh, perceived upgrade in a two-for-one deal. And he's also someone who can probably afford to wait on Michael Thomas for a couple weeks if he has to still. So what do you think? Is this too much for Michael Thomas? Not enough? What do you think? I think it's too, too light right now for Jefferson. And I think that right now... I would wait for Michael Thomas to have a big week or two. And so people can remember how good Michael Thomas is and then approach this deal. Um, Jefferson and Deontay right now have that extra value. Like they're young, they're producing their Twitter darlings right now that they're kind of hard to buy. Um, but I think like if Michael Thomas was healthy and being Michael Thomas of, of old and uh, Michael Thomas that we know he is like, this is a good trade for both sides. So I like it when Michael Thomas comes back and gets a little bit of that stink off that you're talking about. Um, I think is when, when you can get this deal done, but I, it, I like the framework of it and I think it's overall a good trade. I will say too, when I came up with it, I thought eh, that might be too much for Michael Thomas. So uh, as always, I, I have the three calculators. I try and sometimes try and check the trades that we come up with for the show. And uh, DTC had it in favor of the Deontay Justin Jefferson side. But the other two I looked at, it had it in favor of Michael Thomas, which surprised me a little. Um, but I kind of agree with you. I, I do think a lot of owners, Justin Jefferson is super high right now. Deontay had his biggest game of the year. Uh, Jay, you think that might be not enough? Uh, I mean, too much to, to try and ask for from Michael Thomas at this point until he plays again? 
really depends on the owner, like you said. If, if Twitter is such an excuse me, Twitter is such an echo chamber. You know, that's all everybody's talking about is just Jefferson, Deontay Johnson. I I'm the type of guy I want the best player in the deal. This deal, though, I actually like the the Johnson and Jefferson side because yeah, it, you've got the upside of both of them that they they could potentially be wide receiver ones. And Michael Thomas is the best player in the deal, but who knows what's going to happen after this year uh, with Drew Brees and is Jameis Winston going to be in there? Can he hit him on a slant route? You know, he's able to, to sling the ball, but um, there's there's a lot of, you know, they say when there's smoke, there's fire and all this talk of, you know, Michael Thomas is exaggerating the injuries because he's not happy. You know, is he going to be in New Orleans next year? So, I'm, yeah, you're probably selling a little low on Thomas overall for what Thomas' ceiling is, but with the upside of both Johnson and Jefferson – I, I think it's a solid deal. I think it's it's a pretty close to a win-win. I think it's reasonable that I could see both sides being happy with it. Yeah, I think it's something worth throwing out there. And I, I wouldn't even probably attempted it with these two guys, except that he's got uh, a, a pretty solid top, you know, another three beyond those as well. But uh, unless, uh, unless Dustin has anything else, uh, I think we're going to finish up now because we are running very, very long. So uh, we you guys came on with us too. Funny how that works. I, mean, uh, <laughs> I, I guess that means me and Dustin talk way too much. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, but before we sign off, uh, I just wanted to Jay to give you a chance to, you know, get your Twitter handle, give everything you do and, and where people can find you. So uh, go ahead, Jay. Yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter at GMNJ. Um, I have a weekly show, which you guys were gracious enough to come on last week. Uh, it's Going for Two's War Room Live. We do it on Thursday nights uh, with my partner in crime, Dan Turner. You can follow him on Twitter at EagleDanFF. Uh, it's basically a – we want it to eventually be where it's just – it's very uh, viewer engaged where we're answering questions and things like that as we're building up our viewership, which keeps going up. And you guys saw last week we had a, Got a lot of, of questions. Yeah. We wanted to get to, you know, same thing. We weren't able to get to everything we wanted to, which is what we want. That's what we want the show to, to be eventually. But we're just starting out, so we know we got to build an audience. Uh, we talk about um, – I do for going for two a weekly call, sick tips like, you know, look at the waiver wire after the run and see who got dropped. Just little things like that that we know it's second nature to us because we've been doing it for so long that not everybody thinks to do. Um, so it's – I kind of get free reign with it. I like that I can, you know, depending on what the subject is for the week, I can uh, go one way or the other. I also uh, write for Sleeperwire. I do a start-sit column for them weekly. Um, so I'm blessed to be associated with two uh, pretty awesome sites. Everybody there is great. Um, you can check out uh, tomorrow night. We will be on with the Fantasy Unicorn, and uh, Andrew Fringe will be on with us. And we had you guys on last week. It was a great show. I definitely look forward to having you guys on again sometime. That was a uh, we ran long, but I think it's because we have uh, some pretty good conversation. Definitely. That was a real good time. I want to thank you for coming on uh, tonight. Uh, another really good show. Uh, like you said, we, we the three of us seem to talk a lot together. So uh, hopefully the listeners are enjoying it. Uh, so just uh, for us, um, just a reminder, you can follow the pod at Dynasty Junkies. Uh, as uh, we always say at the beginning of the show, I'm a Dynasty FF addict. Dustin's at Dynasty Junkie FF. Also follow the DAP network at DAP underscore network. And if you like what you heard, please give a rate, subscribe, a subscribe rate and review 
the reviews really help us out and do the same for the DAP network as well. And that'll do it for this show. And we'll be back after week eight. Junkies out. <laughs>